Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Taryn Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am here with my ghoul friend Jessica. Hello. Hello, and today we are bringing you another patron select. This episode is dedicated to our patron, Samantha. She has chosen Amelia Dyer, who is the Reading Baby Farmer. And we're going to go to the 1800s. We're going to go back a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, so it's a little bit of an older case. Amelia Elizabeth Dyer was born in 1836, 1837, depending on the source, to Samuel and Sarah Hobley. Which I mean, like, you know, all these ones that are like older stories, sometimes they just have to kind of guesstimate the year. Right. (laughs) So it happens. Samuel was a master shoemaker and in total they had five children. Out of those kids, Amelia did have two sisters, but they had both died at an early age. One was six and the other was just a few months old. Now, with his profession, they did have a privileged life, especially for the time. When Amelia was a child, she did learn to read and write, which led to her love of literature and poetry. During Amelia's childhood, though, her mother Sarah had contracted typhus or typhus fever, which if you don't know what that is, it is a kind of like an umbrella. It's a group of infectious diseases that include epidemic typhus, scrub typhus, and murin? typhus it's like urine with an m in the front so Mm. that's what i'm gonna go with (laughs) interesting right common symptoms include fever headache and a rash typically this begins about two weeks after exposure and these are caused by different types of bacterial infections basically now with this I did read that Sarah had developed a mental illness from this. And at first I was like, okay, did she or is this one of those type of situations where they'd be like hysteria when someone was fucking PMSing? But no, (laughs) it's it's a real thing because I looked into it because I was like really like I was really skeptical. It can cause delirium, changes in consciousness and acute psychosis. And that's from the U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institutes of Health. Yeah, so it could really fuck up your brain. With this, Sarah was said to have violent fits, and unfortunately, Amelia would end up being beaten by her mother and get the backlash of all of these fits because she was given the responsibility to take care of her mother. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And she would take care of her until she died in 1848. 
And after Sarah had died, Amelia moved in with an aunt who lived in Bristol. And then when she was there, she served as an apprentice for a corset maker. Then flash forward to 1859, and this is the year her father had died. At this time, one of her brothers took over the shoe business, basically, and she was estranged from one of her other brothers, so she decided to move to Trinity Street in Bristol. And shortly after her move, Amelia would find love and get married to a man named George Thomas. Now, George was 59 and she was 24 at the time of their nuptials. But they both lied about their ages on the marriage certificate to reduce the age gap. (laughs) (laughs) It's not much better, though. Like, it's not much better, though. He took off 11 years, so he put he was 48, and then she added six years, so she put she was 30. That's still 18 years. It's true. It's a whole adult. Right. If you've ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there's no better time than now. This week, our friends at Simply Safe are giving our three Spooked Girls listeners early access to their holiday deals, 40% off their award-winning home security. We love Simply Safe because it has everything you need to make your home safe. Indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Simply Safe was even named Best Home Security System of 2021 by U.S. News and World Report. And you can easily customize a system of your home online in minutes and even get free custom recommendations from Simply Safe. There's no long-term contracts or commitments. It's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more peace of mind. Take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday deals and get 40% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com slash spookedgirls. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash spookedgirls for 40% off your entire system. And the two would have a daughter together, but sadly, George would die in 1869. Now, Amelia had actually went and done training to become a nurse, but as a newly widowed mother, you know, this wasn't going to be enough to support them. So she was introduced to another avenue of making money by Ellen Danes, who was a midwife that Amelia knew, and that was baby farming. And if you don't know what baby farming is, it is the historical practice of accepting custody of an infant or child in exchange for payment in late Victorian Britain. And less commonly, it also sometimes happened in Australia and the United States. And if the infant was young, this would include wet nursing, of course, and some baby farmers, quote, adopted, unquote, children, you know, for the payments, basically while others would just kind of like take care of the babies for a bit and get paid for it. And this was like a big thing over there because if a baby was born out of wedlock or there was like an affair type of situation, we already know what happened. The women would get the backlash, the men would dip out, and they'd leave. So, you know, most of the time these women didn't have jobs or you know they felt that they they gave the baby up for adoption they'd have a better life so unfortunately for these women you know it was just like these baby farmers they had people all the time and you're thinking well it's not exactly profitable if you're adopting all these babies and having to take care of them so some farmers would kill the babies (gasps) after they got paid and then they would go on to another and so on and so forth that's crazy which We'll get into this because I'm sure as y'all can fucking guess, this is what Amelia did. So 
what Amelia would do was she would put out newspaper ads and I grabbed some little quotes on what she would put in there. One said, married couple having no child would adopt one good home small premium. And she always used aliases. So that one she used Mrs. Thornley. Another one said married couple with no family would adopt healthy child, nice country home, terms 10 pounds, which equals to I had watched a video and she had said it equals to about like a thousand pounds now type of thing. Highly respectable married couple who wish to adopt a child, a good country home, premium required, very small. And like I said, asking for a premium or some kind of money was very common. So like her ads were not anything out of the ordinary. So she would meet with these moms and she would assure them that, you know, everything would be great. She would even go so far as to follow up with them and write them a letter a few days later to give the update that the baby was safe and all of that. And most of the time with these situations, the moms didn't return to check on the baby, you know, Mm -hmm. but if they did, she would make some kind of excuse. (laughs) What? I misplaced your baby? No, she just would be like, oh, the baby's sleeping or like, you know. She had other people she lived with later on that she would just be like, have them answer the door, I'm assuming. I don't know. I was trying to think of excuses. Oh. (laughs) Once Amelia started aggressively baby farming, it was time to get rid of them because she would have all these babies, right? She would actually OD them with Godfrey's cordial, or it was sometimes called mother's friend, because it was a syrup that basically contained opium. Oh, shit shit in it yeah and it was a sweet syrup and it was actually a pretty common syrup to have it was used as like a sedative to you know quiet down children and infants during this era ah hence the name Mm -hmm. and interesting because i looked it up it said it was used mostly by mothers working in agricultural groups or industry it ensured she could work the maximum hours of her employment without being disturbed by her infant and thus increasing the family income it was also used by nurses and baby minders to enable them to neglect their duties if they wished. And once the babies died, she would obviously act like so shocked that the baby died. And she actually would take them to the coroner. And every time the babies would just get their cause of death would be malnutrition. And then just like, OK, bye. Like, just just moved on. No big deal. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Even if that was the actual cause of death. That's a pretty big, like, wait a second, this woman's bringing me lots of babies that are malnourished. Maybe I should, like, look into that. Right. But, you know, 1800s, they're just like, whatever. And it was also speculated that she would also abuse the syrup as well. She would, like, take it and shit because of the opium or whatever, which I'm, like, not surprised. Makes sense. Yes. Then Amelia would get remarried in 1872 to William Dyer. That's how she, you know. Amelia Dyer got the last name and they would have two children together and they would move around a lot, which was good for her in terms of the baby farming, because no one would really be able to trace her or anything, you know, Mm -hmm. because they were moving to different areas. And when she was doing this, she was still baby farming and everything. She would charge between 10 to 80 pounds, which is like 1K to 8K. And then it got so escalated, she would literally kill the babies within hours or days. So that death toll was adding up. Dang. But in 1879, a doctor, he had become suspicious of her because of all of the deaths coming from her home, which it's like, good for you. Hello. That's obviously a huge fucking red flag. And he reported her, which in turn, she got six months in a labor camp for neglect. Boo. That's it. That's all she got. 
And after this close call, being caught for what she was really fucking doing, she decided to go back to nursing for a little bit. But then she went, she checked herself into a mental hospital. She went twice. And basically she was saying that the labor camp messed up her mental health and blah, blah, blah. All of that. Oh, how sad. It's not like you were being a psychopathic killer before. Uh Uh-huh. Well, by 1890, she went back to baby farming. Wow. That didn't take too long. No. And she would, of course, relocate again. And this time, it was about five years later. So in 1895, she moved to Reading with her daughter, Polly, and Polly's husband, Arthur. And she decided this was time to change up her M.O. Since, you know, she'd been caught previously. So first she decided she didn't need to report the baby's deaths anymore, which I'm like, I'm kind of like, why would I don't know. I don't really understand why she would have in the beginning, but whatever, you know, we like when murderers are fucking stupid it may have been people around her like this is true you know people around her might be like well you have to take the baby to the coroner this is true she also switched up the way she would kill the babies and instead of using the syrup like before she was now strangling them with dressmaking tape oh damn Mm -hmm. then she would wrap their bodies in cloth and then either bury them around town or drop them in the river Oh, my God. Yeah. And then she'd obviously put stuff to, like, weigh it down and whatnot if she did the river thing. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exam, and contact lenses. Their glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. They have a free home try-on program where you order five pairs of glasses to try on at home for free for five days, and there's no obligation to buy. It ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label, and it's so easy. Jessica and I both did this kit, and we loved it. We got our five glasses. We were able to try them on. We got on FaceTime and helped each other pick out the glasses we wanted to get. For me personally, I went with the frames called Sadie in the Cherry Blossom Fade. They are so cute. They are a darker pink and fade into a lighter pink, and they're the see-through frames, which were the style I was looking for since y'all know I wear glasses almost 24-7, and I have gotten so many huge compliments on them, and I love them so much. And what's also nice is you don't have to let your FSA or HSA dollars go to waste. Put them to good use on Warby Parker prescription glasses, prescription sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. You can try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash spookedgirls. Again, that's warbyparker.com slash spookedgirls to try five pairs of glasses at home for free. As time went on, Amelia decided it was time to hire a helping hand, and she hired a woman named Jane Smith as an associate. Jane was said to have had no idea what Amelia was truly doing before she got hired, and Amelia had Jane call her mother, so it seemed like a family business to her clients to gain that likability and trust that she needed to get their money. Creepy. And the babies. Yeah. Well, the following year in 1896... A woman named Evelina had a baby and sought out adoption after seeing an ad. And in this ad, she was posing as Mrs. Harding. And like I said, she always sent the letter a few days after saying that the baby was good and well, did that, all of that stuff, right? And like the others, after killing this baby, she wrapped her in a napkin and put her in with like rocks and stuff to weigh it down and put her into the river. 
But she started to get sloppy because also that year on March 30th, a package was found of a different baby named Helena Fry and she wasn't weighed down enough. So her body eventually floated and that's how she was discovered. Oh, damn. Yes. Which ended up being good because once authorities were looking into this, they were actually able to trace this back to Amelia with the label that was inside It was traced to Temple Meads Railway Station, and they found the name for a Mrs. Thomas, and they found an address, which obviously took them to Amelia's house. And obviously, this doesn't prove anything right then and there type of thing. So they put her under surveillance, and they actually sent in a woman undercover to go be like, oh, I want you to adopt my baby and all this stuff, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And the details are obviously kind of muddled, but basically it led, obviously this woman saw some sketch or figured out like the baby thing because Amelia would be arrested and charged with murder. And at that time, Polly's husband, Arthur, was home. So they arrested him as an accessory because you have to think about it. It's like, even if they didn't technically do anything, she lives with them. So like, I mean, unless she kept like, yeah, unless she kept that completely separate, like, he was never home when the babies were there. But even then, like, you, yeah. no, you would see. Mm-hmm. So they did some searches in the house and stuff, and they'd find, they found all these letters from the clients and whatnot, but obviously no babies. Mm-hmm. And so they started looking around town and things like that, and they would find six more babies in the river. But when they were doing all of this, they couldn't find any, like, concrete evidence for Arthur, so they had to release him. And while she was arrested, Amelia wrote a confession. So her confession read, Sir, will you kindly grant me the favor of presenting this to the magistrates on Saturday the 18th instant? I have made this statement out, for I may not have the opportunity then. I must relieve my mind, and I feel my days are numbered on this earth. But I do feel it is an awful thing, drawing innocent people into trouble. I do know I should have answered before my maker in heaven, for those awful crimes I have committed. But as God Almighty, my judge in heaven and on earth, neither my daughter Mary Ann Palmer, aka Polly, nor her husband Alfred Ernest Palmer, Arthur, I do most solemnly declare neither of them had anything at all to do with it. They never knew I contemplating doing such a wicked thing until it was too late. I'm speaking the truth and nothing but the truth as I hope to be forgiven. I and I alone must stand before my maker in heaven to answer it all witness. My hand, Amelia Dyer. And that was dated April 16th, 1896. Wow. And when she went to court, she was tried for the few murders they could prove. Right. And she would plead guilty to a baby named Doris Marmon. And during her stuff, her family and other associates would testify at her trial and saying that they had been growing suspicious and uneasy about the activities she was doing. And basically all of the stuff about how she almost got caught and things like that, that all came up too, right? Mm -hmm. And There was evidence from a man who had seen and talked to her when she had disposed of two bodies and her daughter had given just very, very detailed information on things she was doing. And of course, the defense was going with the insanity plea, right? But the prosecution was saying that, look, her mental instability, quote, quote, you know, this was just a ploy to avoid being seen as suspicious and to, you know, try to not seem as guilty for what she's done, you know, that kind of thing. 
and the jury deliberated for four and a half minutes and found her guilty. (laughs) Wow, they didn't even get a lunch break. Nope. And they sent her to Newgate Prison, which is the same place that Oscar Wilde was at. Oh. Yes. And it was said that she was there for three weeks and she filled five exercise books with her last true and only confession. And she was to be executed, of course. So that's why her stay was extremely short. And then a chaplain came the night before, asked if, you know, she had anything to confess. And she gave him all the books and she's like, isn't this enough? That's literally what she said to him. (laughs) I'm like, damn. She was subpoenaed because Polly would be arrested too for murder and whatnot. But this court date was set for a week after the day, her execution date. (laughs) So they were like, oh. But basically, Polly was let off. Her charges were dropped. And... Amelia was hanged by James Billington at Newgate Prison on Wednesday, June 10th, 1896. And her last words were, I have nothing to say. And her time of death would be precisely at 9 a.m. And she was the age of 57. Wow. And the most horrific thing is when this case has been looked at and reexamined, it is estimated that she killed over 400 babies. Oh, my God. There's a special like yeah. place in hell for her. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, yeah, that's Amelia Dyer, the Redding baby farmer. So, yeah, I had not heard of her. So that was interesting to learn about. Had you heard of her? No. Yeah, right? So, like, totally new. I'd heard of baby farming. I did not know what it was. I just know. I'm just like, wow. Right? I know. That's why I was like, I'm going to look up the actual definition and all this shit because I had no fucking clue. Like, I had heard the term once or twice, but I, like I said, no fucking clue. So, yeah, good times. But thank you again to Samantha for suggesting this case. It was interesting to learn some new stuff for sure. And if you would like your own dedicated episode, just like Samantha had today, you can go to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls. And this perk starts at our $10 tier. But with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.